The Lord has a message today. Amen? Amen. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. You see, what has happened here, and don't you ever forget it, there is a war going on. There is a war going on. And it's a war between good and evil, between light and dark, between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. And one of the most coy ways in which the enemy has tried to gain victory is to come after men. Today's message is largely directed to men, but I'm going to use the word male and father because it's Father's Day. But for women and mothers and just anyone, it's appropriate. But I'm telling you, the enemy has come up against families. He's come up against the priests of the home. We have a problem. The problem is that men have failed to learn what it means to be a man in our society. Not all of us, but most of us. Because the scriptures say, listen, listen to the instruction of your father. But what if there isn't a father? Each generation, there's more and more sons that are growing up without a father. Okay, listen to the instruction of your father, but what if, what if the father's instruction is actually bad? What if he doesn't give good instruction? Then what shall we do? Well, before we get to what we shall do, here's the problem. There are actually clinic psychologists that are talking about something known as what they're calling the boy crisis. They're arguing that there is a crisis amongst boys. There are boys that are growing up without a father that is strong enough to teach them the ways in which to go. And if you have children that aren't walking with the Lord, that isn't necessarily because you weren't a good father or a mother. So don't put that on you. But by and large, in our culture, there is a crisis. Some stats. In education, boys are 51% less proficient in reading, math, science than girls. 51% less proficient. Mental health. A young man will be six times more likely to commit suicide by adulthood than a female. Six times. Incarceration. You are much, much more likely to go to prison if you did not have a father in your life. Like, it's like ridiculously high. And so what people are saying here, psychologists, not me, psychologists, trained professionals, are saying that men today, boys today, and grown-ups today have a crisis of purpose. 
They don't know which way to go. They don't know their identity. They don't know what it means to be a man. They don't know what it means to be a boy. They didn't have a father that was leading them in the way to go. And then they go on, watch TV, and they watch movies, and there's all these different perspectives of what a male is supposed to be like. And they're confused. They don't know. They just don't know. And it creates an element of feeling withdrawn and alienated from people and from society. Something that you did not hear on the news, because how, why would they talk about this? But every single, every single mass shooter in the United States had one thing common. Outside of the ability to get a gun, the thing that they had in common is every single one did not have a father or male role model in the home. My Lord, my Lord. Not one. I am telling you that there is a battle, but the battle has been won, but we need to remind ourselves that there's a battle going on. And the battle is... The enemy of our souls has been trying over generations everything possible to put a wedge between fathers and sons. And over thousands of years, it has largely produced a maleness that is confused. That no longer remembers and knows what it means to be like Abraham, to be like Isaac, to be like Jacob, to be like Moses. To be like David, who even when he fell, he says, Oh, Lord God, create me a clean heart. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Take not thy, not, not thy Holy Spirit from me. Cleanse me with hyssop. Cleanse me, O oh God. I repent before you. See, today we have men who can't repent because they're so ashamed. And they're so ashamed because they don't know who they are. They don't know who they are in Messiah. Malachi chapter 4 verse 6 says, Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in horror for all of Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, who in the New Testament we believe to be John the Baptist. He will come before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. I'm telling you, if you are a father here today, if you are a son today, one of the most powerful things you can do today at the end of service is get on your knees and cry out, Malachi 4.6. Father, restore my heart to my children, my children to me. And as a generation and as a people, we need to do that for our entire generation. So what has happened? Men, largely, women as well, so this will help out women as well today, are so confused on who they are and what they're not and all of that, that we put on masks, we put on images, we put on things to hide the insecurities, we put on things to hide our fears. Men have been trained to do this, oh boy, ever since they were a child. 
I guarantee you every male in this room can remember the moment when his father went up to him and said, stop crying, stop being a baby. And there it was. The mask was put on, the mask stays on, society uplifts that mask, be tough, don't be a girl. Worst thing saying something to a boy when they're little is you play baseball like a girl. Girls associated with emotion and sensitivity. Don't be like that. Man, when you say that to a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old boy, I'm telling you something happens to his spirit. Something happens to his demeanor. He puts on a mask that many of us men here have gone on decades trying to remove. Decades. So there's an unfortunate reality. The unfortunate reality here is that there are masks. And inadvertently, inadvertently, we say that, well, this is what it means to be a man. Society, fathers themselves, who've only learned one way, go on and teach their kids on what it means to be a man. But really all it is is a mask. A mask of insecurity. So which one are you? The material mask. This is the man who says, I'm going to work hard, hard, hard. Because I'm so insecure and I don't know what it means to be a man. So I'm just going to work, work, work. And you know, my bank account. My net worth. That's my self-worth. This is the male who defines his manhood by how much money he has in the piggy bank, how flashy of a car he has, how big of a house he has. Look, I'm a man. Look what I've been able to do. It's just a mask. Behind that mask is still little Johnny, still little Alan, still little Billy, still little Davey. That's there, that's broken. We hide it, don't we? The sexual mask. Well, I'm so insecure in who I am as a male, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to love them and leave them. Sexual conquest equals power. Hmm. Fortunately, there's a lot of those out there. Not only are there a lot of those out there, but practically every single movie uplifts that mask. Go get the girl. Be a man. The invincible mask. This is the man that has no fear, risky behavior, smoking, drinking, partying, flashy cars, no seatbelts, motorcycles, doing all this kind of crazy stuff. I am a man. I am invincible. I got this. I can handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it. Don't worry about me. The aggressive or the aggression mask. This is the person that has so little emotional control that they... They're always told to suppress their emotion. Suppressed, suppressed, compacted, compacted, compacted. And then it just erupts like a volcano in different places. Temper, anger, breaking things. They have no control. They have no control because they were never taught how to deal with their emotions. They were taught to put those emotions away. You're being a girl. You're being a baby. Boys don't cry. Man up, toughen up. And you ladies out here are like, what are you talking about? Every guy in here is like, yeah, I got that. Every guy's got that. 
I just ask a guy in here, like, when was the last time you saw your dad cry? I'm like, I don't know if I ever saw that. So it gets compacted, compacted, compacted. Brah! Oh, one of my personal favorites, the Joker mask. This is a person that has to deal with everything with cynicism and sarcasm. And it's done to create a sense of superiority. And you try to, try to relate to these people. You try to come to them. You try to connect with them. You try to get them to open up. And as soon as you do that, right away, they respond with a, a joke. A sarcasm. Cynicism. Let's put that on and hide it, hide it, hide it, hide it, so you don't get to really see who I am. Because I'm not really secure in who I am, so I'm going to hide it. The know-it-all mask. Person with the intellectual dominance. They're so smart and they just belittle you and make you feel like junk because they're so much smarter and they can do all of this. The alpha mask, the alpha and beta. This is like there are alpha males and then there are beta males, right? They're the strong and then the weak that follow. This one drives me nuts. This is, these are the guys who are always doing the one-upmanship. Oh, how was your summer, Dave? Oh, it was great. I had a really nice time camping with my family. Oh, that's great. We went to Bermuda. Oh. Hey, where are you living? Oh, I'm living in this school district. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. You know, I could just move to this school district. Blah, blah, blah. You know how great that school district is. Hey, I just got a new car. Yeah, what is it? Ah, it's a 2008 used Jeep. Oh, really? A used one? Interesting. You know what I just got? We just got a 2018 blah, 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 blah. Dude, you're that insecure in who you are that you have to define yourself by one-upping everyone. You've met them, right? That might be one of the most popular ones of males. The next one, the stoic mask. I left this one for last because... Oh, the athletic mask? Thanks. This is the jock, right? Perform, 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 need to do really well in sports and you know the captain of the football team have to strive, strive, strive for all this to see how strong and how much of a warrior they are and I would do good in battle and blah 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 blah. You know the ones that haze the weaker ones. And then the stoic mask. The stoic mask I left for last because I think this is the one that I've mostly been. And I encourage all of you guys, males and females out there, figure out which one, which mask you may have put on and have you put on a mask. Because I'm telling you that there is a battle and there, there is a war that is going on and it's time to get clean. It's time to remove the mask. It's time to identify it and be transformed by the blood of the Lord. The stoic mask. Because every man must be invulnerable and tough. Emotions are carefully managed and suppressed. There can be no crying, no pain, no feeling. So he puts up a wall between him and the world to protect himself, to pretend he doesn't feel the things he does. While wearing a stoic mask, he views weakness as an invitation to scrutiny and judgment and rejection. Only through its removal can he feel emotional freedom, experience deeper relationships and move towards inner healing. Being real with you, I feel like that's the one that I have put on since I was a kid. 
So this leads us to manhood. What is a man? Because listen to the instruction of your father. Many of us have had bad fathers or no father. Or a good father that was just trying to cope with his issues and put a mask on themselves. So looking at the scriptures, I see some characteristics that the Lord himself displays. Strength. What is a man? A man is strong. Not with bicep curls, not with presses, but strength and character. He's got virtue. He's got valor. When he goes through a hard time, he chooses the high road. He chooses righteousness above ease. With his strength of character, he serves and uplifts people. He uplifts the human character, never tearing down the human character. That's what we see with the Lord. He is not easily angered. He has some level of control over his emotions and he's not going to be angered easily. Proverbs 22, 24 says, Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go. Strength. Not easily angered. Respect. How do we see the Lord respect people, particularly women? You know if a man is a man if he respects women. And I don't mean just respects women in the workplace. And I don't mean just respects women in school. And I don't mean just respects women in the church. I mean he's a man if he respects women when he's alone in his room and his computer is on. A boy seeks his own fulfillment no matter the cost. But a man, a man knows that a woman is a child of God. She's a child of God. And she's not an object. She's a child of God. She's my sister in the Lord. And if she doesn't know the Lord yet, that's all right. She's a child of God. And I'm going to look at her differently. I'm going to think about her differently. Respect to all, but particularly to women. Another characteristic trait is found in 1 Corinthians 9.25, a very common one that we've read before. Discipline. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run like this, not with uncertainty, but I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body, my mind, my soul, and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself have become disqualified. A man is someone who is able to dispel discipline in his life, in all matters. In work, in free time, in body, in mind, what he puts into his body. Disciplining his carnal nature. Another one, Romans chapter 8. Humility. The Lord himself 
the express image of humility. A man is humble. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Messiah Yeshua, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Messiah Yeshua Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Someone who is humble before the Lord no longer is living by the flesh, but lives by the Spirit and understands that it's not about him and it's not about his image. It's about who the Lord is. So, you know, what is a man? And we say, all right, this is a game. Maybe there's, just some, there's tons of things. Love, mercy, graciousness. There's so many things that we could throw on here of what it means to be a man. But I've got to be quite honest. We already know this. And you already know it, but yet we still have generations and generations of men who still are not getting it. And it's because there's a better question. Not what is a man, but rather, who is man? You cannot unlock being a true man until you understand who you are. Amen? Everything else is going to be, I'm telling you, completely wasteful. Completely wasteful. You cannot be a father physically or in the spirit in the right, righteous way, dispelling strength, respect, slow to anger, discipline, humility. You will never be able to do this until you understand that before you are a father, you are a son. You are a son. You cannot be a father if you do not know what it actually means to be a son. And many of us don't know what it's like to be a son because we didn't have the greatest of fathers. But I am telling you that there is a better way. And that way is for you to digest and understand the glories and the beauties of understanding. That you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So we need to get that right. We need to go back and we need to understand that the only way that we are going to remove these masks and save the next generation of men is when we begin to adopt the understanding that I don't need images to get my identity. My identity can only come from Him, the Father. Not how much money you make, not how smart you are, not how attractive you are, not how good at sports you are. Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. When we can get that, then we can be a man. You can be a man. When you're a man, you get to teach the next generation what it means to be a man. Removing the masks. Removing the masks. And becoming vulnerable before your God. Well, how do we do this? 
Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? Oh, perfect. Is there a question right there? How can a young man cleanse his way? All right, here we go. How can a young man, an old man, a boy, a child, how can he take the masks away? Psalm 119, verse 9. By taking heed according to your word, O God. With my whole heart I have sought you. O let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may, might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate on your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. The answer to being a man is this. Take heed, take heed, take heed to his word. Meditate upon his commandments. And what is the one that you really need to take heed on? You are a son and daughter of God. That he values you so much that he was willing to eternally chase after you, to give of his own son to redeem you. And when we begin to tap into the understanding that he cares for me so much that way, you'll get your identity in him and the masks will be removed. And it will not matter, it will not matter all the other things. You can become real with your emotions. Because God is God over my emotion. How do you be a man? Live the crucified life. Live the crucified life. He who abides in me, I shall abide in, the Lord says. We need to understand that we need to live a crucified life. We crucify our flesh to the cross, Lord. Take away my flesh and let the spiritual man take over. Die to self. Who is my disciple? Those who are willing to pick up the cross daily. Lord, I know when I was a child, I, I wouldn't learn how to be a man. And I have these emotional things that are on me. But I want them to be crucified. I am a new creation. And I want to know how you value me, Lord. Because in that, I'll gain the understanding, the revelation of what it means to be bought with a price. Hmm. Remember. Remember. There is a war. But it's already been won. There is a war over your manhood. There is a war over your mind. There is a war over your identity. And it will come every single day through your kids, through your wife, through the people at work, through TV, through movies, through advertisements. Everyone is going to be telling you what it means to be a man. And all they're doing is selling you another mask. That's all they're doing. Buy this mask. Buy this mask. In the words of Teddy Roosevelt, 
If given the choice between righteousness and peace, I choose righteousness. <laughs> See, it's so easy to be lulled asleep. I'm a good man. I have a good family. I do the right thing. I'm good. I just take the peaceful path. But I'm telling you, there's not a man in here, including myself, who does not have a mask. And it's time for us to choose righteousness. It would be a lot easier, a lot peaceful, not to deal with it. But for the sake of yourself, for the sake of this body, for the sake of the future generations, you need to go to war. A war towards righteousness. A war towards a crucified self. Because that, my friends, will bring real peace. Real peace. <laughs> Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, and closing up. This is the Lord speaking. You shall not bow down to idols, to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Here it is. Visiting the iniquity, the sins of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation those who hate me. Uh, this is what people will refer to as generational sins or generational curses. And uh, this is not a teaching on that. But we need to mention it in closing. This is the Lord saying, if you serve idols and you bow down to them, the iniquity will be passed on to generation after generation after generation. That is the story of Adam and Eve. Their iniquity was transferred to the next generation. And man learned things. And then that generation gave it to the next generation. And then that next generation gave it to the next generation. All the way down to the thousands of years until now. And what the Lord is saying here is, is not necessarily that he's going to like just flat out curse you. What he's saying here is when you adopt a certain type of lifestyle and you adopt a certain type of thinking, you hand that down to the next generation. That's why fathers who are alcoholics, their children are much more likely to be alcoholics. Fathers who are abusive, their kids are much more likely to be abusive. Fathers who do drugs and smoke, their kids will be much more likely of that. Because it's transferred. Why is it transferred? Because sons are learning from their fathers. And it's time for the fathers to walk out in redeeming the curse. One Adam came and brought a curse. But the new Adam came and he gave you deliverance. His name is Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. 
Jesus broke the curse of generational stuff, yes, but you need to take it on. Now, how do you take it on? you got to remove the masks. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're not walking through funk. You're walking through funk until you identify and say, I'm removing it, I'm placing on the banner of righteousness of the living God. So there are decades and decades and decades of men who are like, I'm saved, I'm fine. No, you're not fine. Fine, you have eternal salvation, but my friend, my brother, you got masks on. And you need someone to tell you that. Because your father never did. And your brothers never did. And the reason why your father never did, and the reason why your brothers never did, is because we're all wearing masks. When you wear a mask, you can't see right out of it. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Here it is. This is it, man. Therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. But the free gift, the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense, many have died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus the Messiah, abounded to many. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, that is the sin of Adam, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Amen? Woo! Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus the Messiah our Lord. Mm. And we know this. We all know it. Come on. We all know it. But you're not going to be able to walk in it until you remove the mess. And it's not just about you. If you do not remove the mask, your sons and daughters will put on the same one. It's not just about you, people. It's not just about you, fathers. It's about your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. I'm here today to tell you that Jesus has broken every mask. But you have to be willing to come face to face in the war and say, I'm going to choose righteousness. And I'm going to come clean before you. And I'm going to say, Lord, I don't want my identity to be tied up in anything. I want to live the crucified life abiding in you. And this is not just about Fathers and their biological children. Fatherhood is a spirit of understanding and a spirit of identity. Even if you do not have any biological children, even if they don't live around here, if you've never had them, 
I am telling you, there is a generation of boys who simply do not know what it means to be a godly man. I'm talking more than I confess Jesus is Lord and Savior and I go to church. I'm talking about a man who's like, I'm taking off the mask. How many of you here can honestly say, outside of the last year or two, outside of the last year or two, you can honestly say that there was a man in your life that you looked to as a spiritual father? A man looking to them. That's a problem. No, only men. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're like, before two years ago, you're like, yeah, there was someone in my life that was a spiritual father. That's the problem. That's the problem. Two. Two. Men, you gotta arise. Men, you gotta arise. Be the person you needed when you were younger. When I was younger, I needed a spiritual father. I needed someone to say, this is the way. This is the truth. This is the life. This is how we take off the mask. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Be that person for someone else. Be that person. And the only way to be that person, I'm sorry. You got to take the mask off. You got to take it off. It's time, boys. Me too. It's time to take the mask off. Mommy, stand up. I want to pray this over you. I got it. I got it. Here it is. Because the Lord had me taking my mask off this week in the breaking that it took place. Amen. Go for it. Hallelujah. Just stay over here so we can get the microphones. We can get it for the tape. Amen. This word, amen, was just so on point for me. I can't speak for anybody else, but um, I've been taking these trauma classes at school. And these classes were 20, I think 27 hours last week and then 27 hours this week. And in this class, I was able to experience or discover or accept, I should say, accept that I have experienced physical abuse, verbal abuse, and um, sexual abuse. And I always suppressed it and pushed it down and told myself that these things didn't happen. Um, but I was put in a place where I had to really deal with the emotions and deal with everything that took place in my childhood. And two days ago, I dreamt that I was in a wilderness, a gray wilderness, just sitting there, trying to wake up, trying to get myself out of the wilderness. It's perfect. Is that not a perfect conclusion to, uh, I was, come on. I was stuck in a gray wilderness and couldn't understand why I couldn't get out of it. When I woke up, I decided to take a walk and pray. As soon as I stepped out of my house, tears was coming from my eyes and I didn't understand it. And I said, Lord, what's going on? And he said, I want to take you on a journey. I want to take you to all those places in your life where you went through trauma. And I need you 
to grieve when I take you to that place. For so long, you've been wearing a mask and pretending as if you weren't hurt or you weren't, you didn't go through trauma, but you went through some hard times in your life and you've never grieved for that. So as I walk, he reminded me of the time where my uncle uh, punched me in my, in my face and knocked me out and I had to go to the hospital to get stitches. He reminded me of that, but he said, but I was there because your mother held you in her arms yes. and protected you yes. to get to the hospital. Then he took me to another place in my life where I experienced trauma and he showed me I was there too and I grieved. Then he took me to another place of my father verbally abusing me. And it's telling, instead of telling me um, you, are, you are a man or you're going to be a great man, he would tell me you are going to be gay, you're going to be a faggot. And he just spoke negative words with the Holy Spirit said, but I was there. But I was able to grieve in that place. And took me to another place. And just kept taking me to places and I just grieved. And it was, it was as if the Lord was dealing with my soul where I cried out to God like I never did before. By the time I got home, um, I continued to pray, and I screamed from my soul. Like, I needed to grieve. I needed to go to those places and deal with the trauma and deal with the pain that I suppressed or I ignored for so many years. And I said, Lord, I'm taking all this. Yes. I'm laying it before you. Um, I didn't say I was taking off the mask, but, you know, Pastor... Dave was able to put it in better words. It was a mask that I've been wearing for so long. And I was able to remove that mask and deal with those emotions and be able to accept the fact that I did go through trauma. I did go through that. And I needed to deal with the pain and be there for a while and allow the Lord to take it from me. Yeah. Take away the pain. And, you know, he didn't take it away immediately. I've been, for the past two weeks, I've been going through some, some crazy emotions. But I'm just so grateful that I was able to accept what has happened. I'm willing to deal with it. I'm willing to get the, the therapy and the counseling that I need. Um, but I'm just grateful that because of me having a relationship with the Lord, he was able or he's been able to let me know who I am in him. I know my identity. Amen. I yes. know um, how to be that father. Like they said, be the father that you didn't have. Amen. And so I'm able to be that father, and I always tell myself I'm going to be what my father wasn't, and even what my grandfather wasn't, and what his father wasn't. Yes, yes. It's nothing but the blood of God that has put me in this place that I am today. Because of his blood, I'm able to, amen, be a father, a good father um, to my children, and even be a good father to even my nephew that I adopted. Um, being able to do that is rewarding. Yes. But it's no it, it's not because of my own doing. It's because of the the, the, the God that I serve. Amen. And because he saw fit to do something different with my life. Amen. So I just encourage you with this word uh, for the men, be accept those emotions. Yes. Don't try to cover up yes. those emotions or hide behind a mask. But be the man that God has called you to be. Amen. 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 That's good. That's good. Well, when leaving today, we're going to pray in a moment. But when leaving today, we do have a Father's Day gift. It is a small but powerful flashlight.
that goes on your keychain. It's kind of a symbol of shining light, shining light on those places that we've covered up. So put it on your keychain. And remember when you see that, you know what? It's time for me to expose the mess. Also, uh, the ushers will be back there to collect tithe and offering if you so feel, feel to. The reason why we, we don't like to take the masks off is because there's vulnerability there. And vulnerability is scary. There's a lack of control when you are vulnerable. And if you've never had a father to show you how to navigate being strong in character and in identity during those vulnerable times, vulnerability is very scary. But I'm telling you, the Lord works in such interesting ways. When you're vulnerable, that's where he gets to be strong, right? When we are weak, he is. And that's even emotionally. When you step out in humility and say, Lord, I'm vulnerable with this stuff, and I'm just going to expose it. But I'm asking your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to come and to give comfort and to show and be strong for me. It's going to work. Mm. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the eternal father. We thank you that you are the one who displays the characteristics of what it means to be a man. And you are the one who also answers the eternal question of who is man? Who is man? He is the one who has the breath of life, the breath of God who has been breathed into him. <laughs> who is man? Man is a son, a son of the Most High God. And so, Father, I pray right now for the tearing down of masks right now. I pray that men and women, but particularly today men, would be vulnerable before you and vulnerable before their spouses and vulnerable before people and say, this is a mask I've been having and I've been holding on to. So there be deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. Have a wonderful Father's Day. Uh, board, please remember we do have a board meeting, but we're going to meet upstairs because there's something I need to show you with the building real quick. So we're going to end up meeting up here. So maybe once the treasures are done with the county, you can bring it up, but we're going to have the meeting up here. Oh, Lord. You want to be set free from a mask? Come on down and be vulnerable. We just want to invite people, male and female, if you feel that there is one of these masks that have been grabbing a hold of you. We'll have Alan come on down, particularly because I know this is a guy who's really worked at peeling off masks. So there's an authority on his life for that. Worship team, yeah, go for it. Just invite you to come on down. Here's a better one. If you're like, oh, I don't know if I have any masks. Well, come on down and ask the Lord, is there a mask? Is there a mask I've been putting on? All right, have a wonderful week. Have fun at your barbecues. Make sure you get a gift. Pretty cool.